turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14, and uh, you're, going, you're going to need that uh, as we go through uh, this sermon uh, here today. Uh, in this text, it deals with the disciples, their heart, because their heart is troubled. And I know that there are many people here today that have troubled hearts. I don't know if you know this, but heart disease is the leading cause of death of both men and women in the United States of America. One person in the United States dies every 37 seconds from cardiovascular disease. That's one out of every four deaths in this country. The heart is a wonderful creation. It's a muscle about the size of your fist. That's how big your heart is. It beats about 75 to 80 times every minute. That's 100,000 beats every single day. In the course of a year, your heart beats 40 million times. If you live to be over the age of 80, your heart would have beaten over 3 billion times. But one day, when you least expect it, our hearts will beat for the final time. And when your heart stops beating, that's it for you here on this live. Now, John chapter 14 is talking about the heart, but not the physical heart. He's talking about a burdened heart, a troubled heart, a sorrowful heart. Now, when your heart is full of sorrow, money cannot cure that. A medical report cannot prevent it. The only cure for a sorrowful heart is Jesus. He's the only one that can solve that problem. John chapter 14 has been called the comforting chapter. It has been read many times at funerals and brought comfort to many broken hearts. F.B. Myers, who was a pastor in England back at the turn of the 19th century, 
He was given a Bible that had been passed down through many generations. He said when he opened up that Bible that many of the pages were perfectly clean, like they had never been read, like they were the day the book had been printed. However, he said when he turned to John chapter 14, that page was worn, it was underlined, it had tear stains on it from people who had wept while reading it and receiving comfort that comes only from God. John chapter 14, verse 1 says, it begins with these words. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. When your heart is broken, when your heart is troubled, you need to have faith, you need to keep believing, you need to keep trusting in two people, one God, and then the other God's Son, Jesus Christ. Four things that we all need to trust when our hearts are troubled. Number one, write this down. We need to always trust in God's Word. Life is full of disappointments. All of us go through moments where things don't go as we have planned. We are fearful people. We are disillusioned people. We are tempted. We are troubled The Bible says in Job 5, verse 7, look at this verse, that man is born into trouble. You should already know that. Maybe recently you've got some bad news. You were laid off from work. Maybe a doctor delivered some very, very bad news to you or to someone in your family. Maybe your son or daughter has left the faith. Maybe your finances have took a turn for the worse. During difficult times, Don't run away from God. Those are the times you need to run to God. Pick up a Bible. Pick up a Bible. Start to read it. Read John chapter 14. Read different passages in the Bible. Look at the promises of God. And whenever God speaks, whenever Jesus tells you something, you can take it to the bank. He cannot lie. We'll read, look at a couple of the promises in the Bible. Did you know that there are over 3,000 times where we as believers have been given promises by God? When you read God's book, you read God's word and study God's word, when he speaks, you can take him at his word. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. He said, trust in me. Now, why would he say that to the disciples in John chapter 14? Well, you got to go back and read John chapter 13. Because in John chapter 13, he had dropped several bombshells on the disciples. He had told them that one of them uh, was going to betray him. He told Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. And then he gave him some of the worst news. He said that he was leaving. He said that he was going to die. And when he said that, that freaked them out. Because in their minds for the last three years, their lives had centered around Jesus. They believed that Jesus was going to set up a kingdom here on earth. They were the, on the inside. They were going to help lead this kingdom. And all of a sudden, Jesus says that he's leaving. He says that he's going to die. They all start freaking out. Like, Jesus, what do you mean you're going to die? Where are you going? What does that mean? We've changed our lives just for you, and now you're leaving? What's going to happen to us? Jesus says, hey, 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 hey. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. 
Trust in me. Write this down. Those are words of wisdom for a lifetime. Whatever you're going through, to trust in Jesus. We say, I don't know if my loved one, uh, they they just died. I, I don't know if I will ever see them again. Trust in Jesus. I don't know if I can get rid of this bitterness in my heart. I've been so offended. I I was mistreated for many years and I just harbor this ill will. I don't know how I can ever learn how to forgive. You need to trust in Jesus. Pastor, I lay awake all night long. I worry. I can't sleep. I, I worry all night long. You need to trust in Jesus. I don't know if I'll ever have victory over this addiction in my life. You need to learn how to trust in Jesus. He is greater than any problem you will ever face in this life. Number two, you need to trust that God right now, right now while you're sitting here, that Jesus is preparing your heavenly home. He said in verse two, in my father's house, are many rooms. If it were not so, of course I would have told you, but he said these words, I am going there to prepare a place for you. While you're down here on earth worrying about any and everything, Jesus is up in heaven preparing your heavenly dwelling place. I want to tell you three things about heaven. Number one, it's a real place. It's not a state of your mind. It's not make-believe. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not some fantasy land. It is a real place. You say, well, where is it exactly? Well, we don't really know where it is for sure. The Bible refers to it as being up. We, we always, when we talk about heaven, heaven's up there. How, how many of you ever looked up and said heaven is up there? How, how many have ever done that? Be honest. There's always a critic. There's always some skeptic trying to find fault with every little word in the Bible. And they will ask this question, well, how can, a, how can heaven be up? If, if this is the globe and the globe is round and we're in California and we're over here on the western edge and we say up, aren't we pointing that direction? And the people down in Australia, they're pointing that direction when they say up. And when Paul was over there in the Middle East, when he said up, he was pointing in that direction. If we think it's there and the Australians think that's up and that's up, how can heaven be up? If we're all pointing in different directions, that's a good question. (laughs) First thing I want you to know is that when the Bible was written, which was over 2,000 years ago, everybody believed the earth was flat. So when people talked about heaven being up, well, if the earth earth was flat, you'd you'd be safe saying that. You understand that? Now, we're a little smarter than they were back in those days, so we know the world... The earth is round, so we still have the same question. If we're over here in California and we think that's up and down and also that's up and over here that's up, then where is it? How can that be? Ladies and gentlemen, there's one place that's always up. You know where that is? It's the North Star. It's not by accident that no matter what country you live in or wherever you live that the North Star is north. And we talk in terms of up and down all the time. Let's go down to San Diego. We talk in terms of going south or going north. The North Star is to the north, amen? And the North Star is a fixed position. And if you were to take a camera and open up the lens and put the lens right there on the North Star, 
and leave the shutter open, you would see that all the stars in the universe circle and rotate around that north star. Why, it would not surprise me one bit if heaven is in that direction just beyond the north star. So you can keep saying that heaven is up there. Can someone say amen? Amen. Now, I don't know where heaven is, but I know that God knows where it is. And one day we as believers, we will be at home in that place. Number two, it's a permanent place. I want you to know that when you get there, if you get there, you will be there for all of eternity. It's like the old song says, this world, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Amen? Max Lucado uses an illustration. If you take a fish, if you take a fish out of the water and place him there on the beach and you watch his gills gasp and you watch his scales go dry, is he happy? No. Well, how do you make him happy? You cover him up with cash? Cash going to make him happy? Are you going to put some sunscreen all over him? Will that make him happy? Maybe get him a beach chair and a martini. Will that make him happy? No. The only way to make him happy is put him back in the water because that's his home. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know when you're walking around on this earth, it's no wonder we're not happy here because this is not our home. We were made, we were made that one day we would be in heaven for all of eternity. So whatever joy, whatever fleeting joy you find here on this earth, it will never compare to the eternal joy that you will experience when you're in your heavenly home forever and ever and ever. Amen. There was a doctor by the name of Dr. Brackett. He practiced in small town America. He was known as a poor man's friend because he spent hours by the bedsides of the less fortunate in his community. He never took a fee for his services. He lived in a small room that was up over a shop, and there were some stairs that led up to his place, and at the bottom of the stairs was a brass uh, plate that read, Dr. Brackett, office upstairs. And on one particular day, he was supposed to get married. It was his wedding day. But on that day, he got called to a poor family's house to assist a woman with a difficult childbirth. And he stayed with the couple until the child was safely delivered. And he ended up missing his own wedding. And when he returned, his fiancée called off the relationship altogether and wouldn't have anything to do with him from that point forward. So the remainder of his life was one of selfless dedication to the sick, to the poor, and to the lonely. The day came where he himself died. It was the largest funeral that that small town had ever seen. The townspeople came together to discuss ways and means to uh, perpetuate his memory in their small town. Various proposals and suggestions were made. But as often in situations like this, nothing was ever done except by the poor Latino couple whose child he delivered on what was supposed to be his wedding day. 
On their way home from one of those meetings, they went by his old place and they actually removed the sign from the stairwell. And the following day, that sign reappeared over his grave, surrounded by flowers. It read, Dr. Brackett, office upstairs. When you cross over the great divide from this life until the next, I want you to know if you're a Christian, you'll finally be at home with the Lord in your heavenly dwelling. It is a place. It is permanent. Number three, write this down. It is perfect. It is perfect in every way. Revelation 21 and 22 tells us that heaven, that nothing impure will live there. There'll be no disease, no sorrow, no darkness, no tears, no ambulances, no hospitals, no nursing homes, no cemeteries. There'll be no sin. There'll be no death. There'll be no pain. There'll be no suffering. Only Jesus will be there. So don't get so worried and troubled and worked up about anything on this earth because no matter how bad things get here and no matter how tough things get here and no matter how bleak things become here no matter how troubled our hearts become here know and trust and believe that right now that Jesus is in heaven preparing your heavenly home Number three, you need to trust that Jesus will return one day. He said he was going to go to heaven and he was going to work on our heavenly dwelling place. And then he said in verse three, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. It was the year 1984, the movie, The Terminator, When Arnold Schwarzenegger said these words, I'll be back. He stole that line from Jesus. Everything in your life would come into focus if you truly believed that one day Jesus was going to return. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Verse 3, I will come back. And he's using a Jewish wedding as a metaphor there. I want you to write that down. The disciples would have been very familiar with a Jewish wedding. A man uh, would propose to his girl. And if she said yes, if she accepted that proposal, he would then leave. And he would go and he would work on their place where they would live, their place of residency. She never knew at what time, and usually it was a a moment where she wasn't expecting. Sometimes it'd be at midnight, just out of the blue, there'd be someone shouting, and here would come the the groom uh, with his entourage, and he would take his bride, and then he would return and go back to the house that he'd been working on, There would be a ceremony, there would be a celebration, and there would be joy. And all of that is a picture of Jesus Christ. He is the groom, and he was the one that chose us. He was the one that he decided 
that he loved us before we loved him. He was the one that pursued us. He was the one that made a proposal to us. He proposed to us. He chose us. And one day we said, yes, Lord, we we want to have a relationship with you. So he said, okay. And then he left. And where's he been? Well, he's up in heaven. What's he doing? Well, for 2,000 years, he's been working on your heavenly home. When you look at the earth and all that's in it, he did all this in seven days. Imagine how great heaven's going to be when he's been working on it for 2,000 years. And one day, according to the Bible, he's going to return and he's going to take his bride, his church, those of us who believe in him, and we're going to go with him and he's going to take us back to heaven and we're going to live there forever and ever and ever and ever. And the next logical question is this. Well, when's he coming back? Well, according to Matthew 24, verse 36, no one knows about that day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus doesn't even know, but only God the Father. One day, God the Father is going to say, Jesus, it's time for you to go get your church, your bride. It says in Matthew 24, verse 42, therefore, you need to keep watch because you do not know which day the Lord will come. You better be ready. And verse 43 says, but understand this, if the owner had known at what time at night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not let his house be broken into. Christmas week, my house was broken into. Someone just busted in, came through the back door, broke the door down, came in the house, ransacked, stole everything, which wasn't much. But had we known, I'm not sure I would have been there, but I would have had somebody there had I known. The Bible says in verse 44, so you also, you must be ready because the Son of Man, he will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You say, when's he coming? He's coming when you don't expect him to come. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel, or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. We also want to encourage you to come and visit us at Shepherd Church. We have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area with multiple services both on Saturday night and Sunday morning. You will be so blessed by getting plugged into a biblically-based, Christ-centered church that strives to love God and love people. We believe that getting connected in fellowship with other Christians is essential to grow in your faith. So if you are looking for a new church home, we invite you to come and join us this weekend. All information on service times and locations for Shepherd Church can be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. There is also a ton of resources available there to help you in your daily walk with the Lord. That website again is liftupjesus.com. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. 
We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.